And you know what that dynamic sound means? It means it's the beginning of yet another Shattered Good Driving Show podcast. Only yesterday, the award was handed down by the Universal Galactic Council on Podcastination, and we are the rising star, the best podcast in the universe that has only been on the air for less than five weeks. It was a very small category, <laughs> but, 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 but we swept it. A brave, beautiful, inevitable concept, essentially... Doing a morning radio show without the bother of having the radio, if that makes any sense. This is the last day of our fourth week. Are we on this fourth week? Yeah. Uh, so we're having so much fun. We're having so much fun. <laughs> I've already leaped ahead several days. Yes. Um, I thought it was our fifth week. No. I see. It's not. See? Oh. Well, it's October 4th. I remember vividly because I, I said, that's I, too early, guys. I don't trust her body clock at Stop all. Stop it. I'm the one clock. that posts I really, everything. I, I really have to don't. number everything. Um, I know at any how rate, many we've had. Instead of listening for three or four hours to a bunch of gobbledygook just to try to get to the good stuff and TV morning shows the exact same way, we do a morning show that you can listen to every Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. and get all the good, important stuff. And get some laughs and some grins and some giggles. Maybe pound the steering wheel, get angry about something. You know, you get your blood pressure going. It's, you know, it's all designed to do all that. And we're proud to be here. My name is Jeff Stiles, but with a Y, I've been the city's morning communicator, the voice of the morning commute for just about three decades now. And Jen Lambert and Russell Stroud are with us, and Brian Stone is with us, and we have a guest as well. We'll be talking to you in just a minute about the big regatta here in town, the head of the hooch. Mike Connors is with us, and we'll be doing a deep dive with him in just a little bit to talk about this remarkable event that comes to town every year. Looks like it's going to be cooperative weather-wise. Big cold snap right now. We're on the very, very southern end of it. I guess if you start around Missouri and stretch all the way over to Virginia, there's just a big, long, horizontal stretch of exceptionally cold weather for this time of year. And there's a bunch of people getting snow and a little bit of ice and and causing some some stir up there. We're going to have a frost uh, warning tonight. Mm -hmm. Getting down to the 30s. But, I mean, actually, I'm telling you, that makes the rates that much better. It just just makes it – you're invigorated in the morning – there's always, of course, the the possibility of carnage and people falling into the freezing water, and so you got that to you know look forward to, kind of like going to a NASCAR race. But really, then it warms up as the as the day goes by, and I don't know, it just it just makes for a more full day. It just it seems right for it to be chilly in the morning. Let me just put it to you that way. All right, we're doing the uh, uh, upfront wrap up first. Uh, that's normally what we do, and what we try to do is get the the biggest and best headlines out there, just in case you're really in a hurry this morning. And so we'll hit them for you as quickly as we possibly can. And uh, there's a bunch to talk about, but we're going to kind of keep things short because we're going to be talking to Mike in just a little bit. First of all, Aaron Rodgers has COVID. Yeah. And and Brian, I'll ask you. You're the the sports guru here in this particular. Uh, the bozo on this bus. Um, <laughs> how, how bad a case does he have? 
and is it going to affect his actual playing time or is he going to blow it off like so many have? Oh, I don't know uh, as far as like the you know symptoms or asymptomatic or whatever it is. But the, the biggest news storyline with that is, uh, first of all, he's, he won't be playing this weekend against the Chiefs because he has not been vaccinated officially. When he was asked about it by the media earlier uh, this year, whenever it was, midsummer, right before the season started, he said that he had been inoculated. Okay. So, and and people just thought, okay, that means he just he, he used a different terminology for yes. the word vaccine. He has not been vaccinated. He does some the one of the most aloof, just kind of smarter than everybody in the room type of guy. You saw him host Jeopardy. He is smart. Uh, he's very, very, very smart. Yeah, I was and he very he impressed. he is he when he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Usually he is, and he got away with this just kind of technicality the way he said it. But it means the same thing. No, no, no actually, actually it doesn't. He did inoculate, some... inoculated means that you've had COVID. Or, or it you means, it. or it means you you've done some, some other kind of maybe holistic. Um, I don't know. If you did the voodoo, antibody voodoo treatment. doll, something or other. I don't know. Like like naturopathy. Yeah. Okay. Bottom line is he has not had the vaccine, and so in the NFL without the vaccine, if you have not. Uh, if you then if you can contract COVID as he has, that's a different protocol than if you have been vaccinated. Well, bottom line, he's not playing, and now everyone's like, "You're a jerk." What's this, your problem? This, He'll this, be fine. Everybody will be fine. He'll play football again someday. We're gonna we're gonna now put it in 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 neutral and reverse and do this correct. I wanted to get that out there first. I really did because I was worried. I just I only heard that out of the corner of my ear just a minute ago. And uh, so I just wanted to find out. But usually we actually begin with a very casual look at the day's headlines with a very casual toss-off to Russell the Love Muscle, Russell Stroud. Well, good morning, Jeff. Uh, surveillance photos have been released of a suspected killer who's uh, believed to have taken part in the killing of Omar Escobar back in September. Escobar was shot to death outside of his home on North Willow Street late at night on the 27th. The police at this time do not believe that Escobar actually knew his killer. The photos show a man wearing a yellow and green hoodie. He's between 5 foot 8 and 6 feet tall with a medium build. If you know who's responsible, you're asked to call the police homicide tip line at 643-5100. Your tip, if it leads to an arrest, could land you a $1,000 reward. The Chattanooga police are also on the case after a 37-year-old man was shot on West 12th Street. The victim was located by EMTs and taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The police say the victim was in an argument with the shooter. The unknown assailant then pulled a gun and opened fire. Again, if you know who's responsible, give the police department a call, 698-2525, their non-emergency line. And a man from Smyrna, Tennessee, a little bit regional, arrested in connection uh, to the riot at the Capitol on January the 6th, Joshua Portlock, facing charges of assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers, civil disorder, entering and remaining, and several other counts, including an act of physical violence inside the Capitol, according to prosecutors. Mr. Portlock was identified via photos from the scene. A warrant for his arrest was issued on October the 28th. And now from the patented bat phone, it's Dave Hooker. After a slow week, we get to a full slate of SEC football action. I'm Dave Hooker. We start at noon. This is off the Sports Missouri at Georgia should be an easy win for the number one ranked Bulldogs. Liberty at Ole Miss. Of course, Liberty as Hugh Freeze, the former Ole Miss head coach, who let's just say should have used a burner phone. We expect Ole Miss to bounce back and win that game. Auburn at Texas A&M. That's a number 13 versus number 14 matchup. Pretty amazing what Brian Harson has been able to do at Auburn. And give Jimbo Fisher 
credit for turning around Texas A&M after a bit of a slow start. Four o'clock start, Mississippi State at Arkansas. A seven o'clock start, LSU, which has quit on the season, at Alabama, 28-point spread. That'll be one-sided. It used to be the battle for the beer barrel. Not anymore and had been in quite some time. We're all politically correct now. Tennessee at Kentucky. And then the nightcap, Florida at South Carolina. So plenty of good matchups in the SEC. As we'll get rolling on Saturday. I'm Dave Hooker, off the export. I didn't know we'd lost the beer barrel. So just like the world's largest cocktail party, we're not supposed to call the Georgia-Florida game that anymore. We can't talk about the beer barrel anymore? When did that happen? I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Don't you dare do it, though, Jeff. <laughs> don't you dare do it. All right. Is that one of those things where it's just going to be called that anyway? Quest for the Golden Keg. Um, all right. Upfront wrap-up. Let's go ahead and get to it. The weirdest story of the day. There's always a competition for that, though. It has to be the latest comments from some of the people out there on the movie set of Rust now saying that the death was intentional Yeah. and sabotage. And right. I, I have to... I have to tell you, that's one of the strangest twists. I didn't see that coming for a million miles. I did. It occurred to me. Okay, so really? there's yeah. there, there's a video game called Hitman. Yeah. And in that video game, one of the ways of assassinating somebody in a stage play is you swap out their prop pistol for a real one. And that thought did come into my mind simply because I've played the game many times, and I thought, ah, that's stupid. But now people are saying that might actually be it, so I don't know. And you remember, I mean, the story of of, of, of Brendan Lee and the, the crow and how yes, he died very with the, well. the, yeah. the, the dumb-dumb bullets. Yeah, Brandon you know, Lee. And, uh, yeah, Brandon, Bruce you know, Lee's son. son yeah. yeah, breaking off, and actually then the charge, the explosive charge of the blank. Somebody else also on the set shot herself in the foot with a blank. Yeah. What, what was what was the projectile that she was shot with, just wadding? It would have been the hot powder. Just uh, it, yeah. Maybe some brass particles, but nothing. Yeah, not not an actual like projectile. Just got a projectile. hot foot. But there's I mean, someone who committed quote unquote suicide accidentally, uh, playing Russian roulette with a blank firing gun as well. May I still just go back to the basic point that had the actor not pointed the gun at a non-actor sitting behind a camera and pulled the trigger but for he, obviously no reason that had was, nothing to uh, do to advance wait. the movie. Yeah, he was. She'd still be alive. A, he was in a small building. And as he says, he was practicing his quick draw, and quick draw, McGraw. you know, I guess accidents happen. But so but now the idea is Alec Baldwin was out to murder somebody because he was bored no, that day. I or think something? maybe somebody was setting him up. Maybe oh. somebody was setting him up. Potentially, but I mean, no, you. It, a it doesn't make any. I don't quick draw, schmick draw. You don't That's point a gun said. at somebody and pull the trigger ever. Ever, 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 unless you intend to kill them. That's all but there is to it. But what if that was the direction he was supposed to be aiming toward? Well, they should have had safety during the scene. Safety supervisors on scene. No, they should have. They should have had. They should have had a weapon somebody. that was that had been checked out well, properly, certainly. and this one was not. Yeah. Uh, the um, governor of New Jersey won. Uh, Democrat first time. Uh, Democrats repeated up there since 1977. Yeah, 1977. Very, very, very tight race, though. Oh, uh, Joe Biden's coattails are non-existent. Something needs to be mentioned too. Uh, some history made in Virginia that we may have glossed over. Uh, the first uh, black female lieutenant governor in Virginia now. 
nice. did I would, with, with all the other hoopla Very out nice. there. I missed that completely. Yeah. And she's a she's a Republican. She was running on a she's a former Marine, sort of running on that more conservative angled platform. Well, the blame game continues about you know why you know the Republicans did so well um, during this this this. I guess quasi midterm as we approach a real midterm. Why? Why cycle. is this uh, flipping of the seat of the governor in Virginia so incredibly disastrous to the Democratic Party? Other than everybody wants to overreact to everything. Yeah, the, the way, I mean, I get, I get it. Based Biden on, won Virginia by ten points, and so he okay. lost those ten points. And Trump did not campaign for the actual Republican. It's a he endorsed him, but did not. I'm talking do about nationwide, party wide, worldwide. Why well, is the governor of Virginia that important to the <laughs> state it's of the republic? It's just a commonwealth. It's not even I'm a state. <laughs> Barely a state. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, we barely even count. <laughs> All right, what have we go. got? Defense a very industry? commonwealth, too. Let me tell you, common uh, as hell is what it low is. Low commoners. Okay. I'll take Kentucky any day. Uh, but the blame game continues. There's that. There's they're actually saying inside the Beltway today that they may vote on something. This would be amusing. <laughs> actually see a vote on a, some sort of infrastructure bill. Uh, they just cannot no. get their act together to save their lives. They, they need to get something passed. They need to get something passed if they intend on having any kind of momentum. The Democrats got a lot of problems forward. going into the next year, and the governor of Virginia... Isn't one of them. Uh, other stories. <laughs> Nicholas uh, Maduro. This whole uh, thing makes me regret Plato ever writing the Republic. <laughs> we'll go back and talk to him about that. Uh, Nicholas Maduro, the head of Venezuela, is going to be charged with crimes against humanity, yeah. war crimes. Uh, crimes court. Doesn't happen very often in this day and age, and certainly he deserves it more than deserves it. Uh, the ruination of Venezuela in a short amount of time has been just an amazing thing. And a very, very sad thing to see. Um, Air Force Inspector General said that the bombing in Kabul that killed that family was, and I thought the use of this phrase was just really intriguing, was an honest mistake. Right, they say it's not due to negligence. No laws were broken, all right? No laws were broken, but tragedy, the, the, the thesaurus, get out the thesaurus, and come up with any number of phrases, an honest mistake doesn't seem to ring very well. Not when you're talking about the killing of civilians. Seventeen no. people, yeah. you know, kids and and everybody else. That's not like a fender bender. That's people's lives. Um, Mark Milley yesterday said that uh, this this whole new hypersonic uh, space missile that China has is without a doubt the largest global shift in geopolitical power that we have ever witnessed. I'm not sure if he should be saying that out loud. That humankind has ever witnessed. He says, I don't want to get into details, but they just kicked our ass. <laughs> that's not and, and, necessarily and he what did. you want to say. And, and that, those, those were his words. Yeah. The most devastating thing words. ever. No I details, mean, we, but We're devastated. doomed. We're doomed. I hear Eeyore. We'll never make it. I just know it. We're doomed. Um, the, they have 200 yeah. now of these things. The world is ending, gentlemen. Anybody I can't tell you much more. They say <laughs> they say by uh, the year 2070, they will have 700. Yeah. Uh, these things move five times faster than the speed of sound and, of course, can orbit the Earth and hit wherever they want to hit. Yeah, their nuclear arsenal is supposed to be up above 1,000 1, by uh, 2030, I believe is what the general was saying as well. So they're they're stacked, dude. 
portions of the show, including the Upfront Wrap-Up, brought to you by an anonymous donor uh, who has chosen to invest in the Chattanooga Drive-In Show but turned over their advertising time to local charity organizations because they just have a big heart and they wanted to. Habitat for Humanity, Chattanooga Girls Rock, and A Step Ahead. When we say that this is a Chattacentric podcast, this is exactly the kind of thing we're talking about right here is people giving back to the community. I also want to say shout out, just a, a hi to Quality Tire, Quality Tire Pros over on Cherokee. Um, Taft Sibley, who is one of our uh, partners, you don't hear him or see him in here as much. Uh, he's kind of our office guy, but he has been on with us before. He was over there yesterday, and they were listening to us inside the building and all the bays. That's great. And really? apparently, we have completely replaced their normal morning listening Mission routine. Accomplished. So there you go. Nice. Thank you, Quality Tire. Bo Ray. Everyone and, in here and, has used and, Quality Tires. Yeah. Oh God, no. I have many times. Oh, I, 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 uh, I, t- I, t- I will. T- t- I tell you <laughs> the story very quickly. I, I've used them so much. The Eberleys. I wore the Eberleys out for years. <laughs> And uh, they've got some great, great employees. They had an older guy. I had this Toyo wagon. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Oh, cool. And it was. A, it was. It looked like the Dune Moon buggy <laughs> from from 1999. Yeah, moon yeah. 1999. And you sat on the engine. You you literally you sat on this hump on the engine. And you had the steering wheel here, and there was nothing between you and the tree you were about to hit, except for that small piece of bumper in your knee bones. I mean, so you're you're literally on top and in front of the engine going down the road, completely encased in glass. It was a great troop hauler, but to work on it, they had to lift up the seats and crawl into the body <laughs> of the actual engine compartment itself. And they got so tired of that thing. I came pulling in there one day, and it was making a clunking sound. And that poor old guy came out doing this. <laughs> no moss, no moss, no. Take it on down the road. I don't care if we have thousand dollars. Ain't gonna get it done, Styles. See, you. take it on down the road. My dad's Astro van is the same way. He had to replace a, a belt on it. And normally, I help my dad work on cars, but I saw him crawl into that thing. I was like, Well, you're on your own, Dad. All right, I have, a, I have a brilliant idea I've got to share with you guys before we go to the next segment very quickly. I don't know who's doing it. I don't know if it's the chamber. I don't know if it's the tourism people, but there's a big thing. They're giving away a $1,000 card for a downtown shopping spree as long as you buy local, right? Oh. And we're always all about buying local. Absolutely. All of us agree with this. Yes. I don't know exactly who's doing it. I again, well, just yes. heard it, heard, just barely heard it out of the corner There's of my still ear. still plenty of China products at the house, but yes, we're <laughs> yeah, trying. I know, but <laughs> doing, doing the best we can. I really do try to buy local whenever possible, buy from La Mama Pop Stores whenever possible. But it suddenly gave me an idea. We've got a couple of weeks left of our Kickstarter campaign. And the Kickstarter campaign, the Kickstarter campaign is where you, if you enjoy this show, if you enjoy this product, what we're doing, this service that we are, we're, we're providing you. Toss a 20, bro. Exactly. Just, you know, a 10, a five, a 20, a hundred, you know, whatever you can afford, give us a little money if you possibly can and help us basically get our, our, our feet off the ground here. We're building this plane in the air as, as it flies and there are pieces falling off. So here's what I'm thinking. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spruce it up a little bit for twenty five dollars as the holidays approach and the next couple of weeks while Kickstarter still lasts for twenty five dollars you can buy 
a passion package for somebody that you love. Uh, somebody you get you 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 okay, make a Russell. donation to 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 the Chattanooga Driving Show. And then you say something really nice and pleasant. Maybe it has to do with Thanksgiving and gratitude, upcoming holidays, whatever it might be. A passion package for somebody that you love. Just $25, and we will read it on the podcast. So you will hear your message actually read out loud to your loved one or to your betrothed or to your your friend, your neighbor, whoever it might be. Now, here's the beauty part. For $50... You buy the revenge package <laughs> for fifty dollars. The same thing. You give us fifty dollars in the Kickstarter campaign, and you get to go off on whoever it is that did you dirty and tell the story. And we will tell the story in all of its ugly detail right here. We may even invite you and let you do it. And this is what they swore. We may just let you do <laughs> I it. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> no, it's about time for that. But I didn't it's, mean no, to do it's that. all right. And I, I'm serious about this. I mean, we we may reenact the entire thing. Uh, you get that for a hundred dollars. For a hundred dollars, we, we will reenact your situation, the, the dirty deed when you got backstabbed, and we'll name the person. And let me clarify. And too. ain't scared. The thousand dollar giveaway sweepstakes is being put on. It's put on by River City Company. So. They are encouraging you to shop Thank local. You. Thank you for getting that right. I appreciate that tremendously. So All now right. is the time for that? Yes, it is. <laughs> I accidentally hit the right one just a little early. The Chattanooga Drive-In Show. I told our guests that this was warts and all. I, we don't We don't edit. You know, we don't go back and polish up anything. Well, except for that racist tirade the other day. No. I had to edit that one out. Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Tri-State Region's Drive-In Theater of the Mind. In one hour, you'll be informed, warrant, entertained, to brain sprained. This is the Everybody's Got One section. The Everybody's Got One is the editorial section. And I'm going to get kind of serious here just for a second. This is going to be a remarkable thing to watch. The jury selection is over now uh, in the Ahmad Aubrey trial. I saw that. Yeah. All right. I don't know if y'all noticed this. Yes, I noticed. Um, they, of course, both sides have every right to go through and strike potential jurors Mm -hmm. that they think will be prejudiced against them, biased to their case. Um, The defense struck 13 white jurors, but struck 11 black jurors. And as of right now, the jury for the murder trial of these three men, these neighbors, father, son, and neighbor, and the Ahmaud Aubrey uh, trial and situation, the scenario, there's only one black juror. The judge yesterday, upon being challenged, upon being challenged by the prosecution that the defense had basically just picked out all the black people, just said, said, you're out because you're black. There was no argument about it. There was no argument about it. They actually did come up with other reasons. They could attach other reasons for removing that particular juror. But the judge said in his own words, it is clear that this was done on a racial basis. Yeah, it sounds like it. That they were removed because of their race, but there is nothing in the law that lets him go back and reposition them. Interesting. Mm -hmm. He cannot reappoint them. Once they were struck, they were struck. So the judge says, we're going in with a potentially loaded jury. And, of course, there's nobody down there that doesn't know the details of this case. 
and everybody's got an opinion. You cannot eliminate people's opinions going in, but to hear the judge hmm. say, I agree with you, this was race-based, but there's nothing I can do about it. But you know, this it is the defense attorney's job to be zealous advocates for their clients. Mm -hmm. Even the worst, lousiest people in the world deserve a good lawyer in the American jurisprudence system. So it's gonna be really interesting to see what they come up with when it's so obvious to everybody with just the, the the facts that are available and their own words and the videotape that they shot. It's going to be interesting because the loaded jury narrative could help and could hurt because if there's an acquittal, you could say, well, yeah, the jury was loaded. But if uh, they're convicted, then what do you say about that? I hope they're convicted. Well, that is your Everybody's Got One editorial statement today. I am going to go ahead and get a big plug in for this new podcast here in town before we do the uh, dub moment, all about being a better version of yourself, better versions of ourselves, sharing stories and lessons from our successes and failures. Join Bruce Dodd as he walks us through learning to be intentional with our money, time, thoughts, and relationships. The Intentional Living Project.com. Bruce knows me. He knows that my life motto is planning is for dullards, that we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And his way seems to be working for him. I like this. I seem to be floundering. So maybe I ought to really listen to his podcast more often, all right? <laughs> the duh moment. The duh moment of the day. And this is. I'll keep it short and sweet, and this is going to be a very quick debate between me and Russell. Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah. the young man accused of killing three people in Kenosha during the riots. Right. Pasty-faced white kid, no reason to be there, went on his own, decided he was going to go out and, and be a super patriot, shows up with a loaded semi-automatic assault rifle, mm -hmm and ends up shooting three people dead. Right. His defense is self-defense right. because they were chasing him and he feared for his life. Here's the problem. Aerial surveillance now shows that he stalked his first victim. He followed him for about three and a half minutes until he got close enough and got him in his sights and shot him dead. And so then the bystanders thought they had an active shooter situation mm. and rushed him, which we have all promised to do. Yeah. We have all raised our hands and said, if all else fails in an active shooter situation, go for the guy. I mean, do what you got to do and try to disarm the guy, and, and, and you may die, but at least you'll die a hero. Maybe you could save somebody else's life. I don't know, but that's what they did, and he shot them dead, and now he's saying, well, he feared for his life because they were trying to take his rifle. The whole point being that he showed up with a loaded rifle. He was not a member of a militia. He was not a member of a, any kind of security force. He just was a kid looking for trouble and found it, found somebody, shot him dead, and then when they tried to keep him from shooting somebody else, he shot them dead too because, you know, they, the guy is literally nuts, 
And now he's saying, but they were, he, they were trying to take my gun. They were trying to take my gun. Had he not been there, had he not had his weapon, had he not originally fired his weapon at somebody who had no weapon at all, by the way, that was also determined yesterday. They asked, did he have a gun? No. Did he have a knife? No. Did he have a club? No. Did he have an ax? No. Did he have any kind of weapon at all? No. He did not. Right. The person who was killed did not. How does this work as a self-defense it's going to be tough, and and I'm not arguing. Argument. I'm not arguing for uh, the moral character of Rittenhouse at all. Uh, I think what he did was dumb. Personally, I think pretty much everyone who was involved in that situation was dumb. But I think that there is a pretty decent argument for the second shot fired against the guy who had the gun, and the third shot against the guy who had this. I think one had a skateboard, if I remember correctly. He hit him with a skateboard. Yeah, I think there's a... We remember how the skateboard suddenly, you know, became appeared, yeah. the weapon of choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that there's a decent argument on the legal side, not on, like, the moral side, right? I'm not saying anything about that. On the legal side, I think there's a pretty decent argument for self-defense there. You have to keep in mind, in this case, his appearance with a rifle, his possession of the rifle is not really what's in question. That's the weird mm. thing about this case. Him having the rifle... He could legally have it in his possession. He bought it legally, and he could legally walk down the road with it, but given the scenario... Well, that's 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 all not part... Of, none of that is part of the case. It's even going to be part of the case. Right, yeah, none of that is case, part I of understand. the case. I understand. Yeah, so again, we can Drawing make moral arguments about it all day, and that's totally cool, but within the framework of this case him having the rifle in his hands is not really a factor it's what he did them with trying it. to disarm him though they were the heroes potentially but the law the eyes of law or at least the jury may not see it that way um again i think it's a lot jury selection there is going to come into play too it is for sure i think it's a lot muddier than uh it's being made out to be if i take this pen and stab you in the throat with it uh -huh. and you reel backwards spurting blood brian comes over here and tries to disarm me mm -hmm. and take this pen away from me and i stab him i can say it was self-defense brian was trying to take my pen <laughs> well no you wouldn't have a very solid argument there it's it's whoever initiated force first and that's what's going to have to be determined in the uh in the court uh, I think that that's what the main question is going to be, is who initiated force first. That's going to be the foundation of whether I, or not it was self-defense. I am, I am declaring the entire self-defense argument to be the dumb moment of the day. I think that there is grounds for it. That is the sound dive, dive. of the deep dive. We don't do them every day. As a matter of fact, we, what do we do? Average maybe two a week? One, yeah, two a week? Something like that. Um, well, we take a topic and we have a guest and we talk more deeply and at length about one particular thing, and this is gonna be a fun one. Uh, it is the first day already of the regatta, the head of the hooch, uh, the big one down on the Tennessee River, and we have the regatta director in here with us, Mike Connors, and Mike, welcome to the show. Great, thank you for having me. Very glad to have you, I mean, and we set this up Muy rápido, yesterday. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I don't know how an event this size can sneak up on you, but suddenly I realized, my God, if we're going to do this, we got to do it now. Yeah. So I made calls to to Tim Morgan down at you know CVB. Got in touch with my friend Jonathan Sussman, and they got me in touch with you. So here you are. All right. So regatta director means what? So I guess I'm in charge of making sure everything goes smoothly for the next couple of days here at the regatta. Make sure the 
uh, race runs to the expectations of, of all the athletes that are coming to town and uh, make sure we have a pleasant environment for all the guests that are coming, parents of rowers and uh, you know uh, local folk that want to come down and see what's going on. And if you were then sitting on a plane next to somebody, say, what do you do? You describe what you do. Go ahead and do that for us right now. Exactly right. what is <laughs> this event for those who might not know? Might be total news. Sure, sure. So it's, uh, let's start with, it's a, a rowing regatta. So, uh, and... Not a sailing was, regatta. Not a sailing regatta, not a kayak regatta. Uh, and I think most people, um, when they think of rowing, probably get a vision of possibly catching a glimpse when you're watching the Olympics. That's probably the only yeah. time yeah. that stroke, rowing gets stroke, any, yes, stroke, yes. that rowing gets any kind of uh, airtime, if you will, or, or uh, on the TV. And uh, so that's that's the, the events. Those types of boats is what we're rowing with. The difference being is that when you watch on the Olympics, they're racing side by side. Uh, let's say six, six boats at one time. Yeah. And whoever gets to the finish line first wins the race, like mm-hmm. you would yes. think of most races. Yes. In this event, a sprint, it's, literally. Yes, right. In this event is long, and that's about a 2,000 meter race. So it is a 2,000 meter race uh, when you look at the Olympics. And here, our event this year is going to be uh, 4.5 kilometers or 4,500 meters. So about two and three quarter Which miles. Which means you have a turn? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, a couple turns uh, or slight bends, you could say, in the river. And the dog boats, legs. The boats race single file. All right. So they're racing against the clock. So that's the oh, difference okay. here is that that's everybody starts about, uh, we try to keep it about 10 to 15 seconds behind each other. And basically, yeah, so boats are constantly moving. Constantly moving. Constantly right? So moving. all day long, from when we start in the morning, you're going to have boats coming down all day long. And we're catching their laps time, capturing their laps time across the uh, the course. So they are truly moving. competing against themselves and their own yes. best time. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the way I say it. You. You get a sense for if you're doing better in the races, if you're catching the boat in front of you, you would get a sense that it's not going so well if the boat's behind you yeah. or passing you. But we're going to come back to that. In that same light, you may not know what ten boats ahead of you are doing. Yeah. Right? So you just start to get a sense that hey, we're we're doing pretty well. We're starting to catch some boats, but there may be a boat that's doing better, but you just have no idea. So you ha- you can't let up. You can't like say hey, I got the lead. I can just coast to the finish line. That you don't. There is know. no coasting. There is no coasting. There is no that's coasting. Right. That's right. Uh, water, water, water will hold you back. That's right. It has a lot of friction. Yeah. Uh, all right. How many people are involved in this event? How many boats? How mm-hmm. many teams? Yep. How many? How many athletes? Just give me, give me the the goods yeah. real quick. Yeah. So let's talk. We have um, 180 different clubs coming, and that would include. Uh, Colleges, high schools, and club programs from uh, 30, 30 different states, I think we have entered this year, mostly the southeast to Midwest, a few from out of the northeast, start getting west of the Mississippi. We don't see a lot of participation there. A little, quite a bit actually ahead of Texas, so I would include Texas in that. And um, we have about 5,000 athletes coming into town. Um, we have 101 different classifications of races. Uh, over the next uh, two days, Saturday and Good Sunday. Good Lord. Yep, yep. What and, are some of them? So what are the more you, obscure you, you ones? Could, yeah, you could start with, um, we have on, on, what do you want, with college, high school, or club, hmm. you would start with at the college level, you've got your varsity programs, right? So those are your more sure. experienced college rowers. Right. And then the boats break down into eight. I picture Yale. I, I yes, yeah, well, yeah. that's that would be, a, yeah. you would picture them since, Ivy you know, the Harvard-Yale race <laughs> yeah. is the, the yeah. oldest collegiate, Intercollegiate event. Yeah, UTC in the is a rowing for, team. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. So UTC got a very good one this year. Yeah. So yep. So, uh, but yeah. So there's eight person votes, four person votes, two person votes. Then you get into you, sometimes you row with one oar, two oars. So heavyweights and lightweights. So as you start to combine all those categories, college, high school, masters rowers are age bracketed rowers. So now you may row against you no. Know, 30-year-olds or 40-year-olds or 50-year-olds. Uh, so when you start breaking all that down, that's how you end up with 101 different classifications, if you will, for, for events for the for the whole regatta. So, so how's your blood pressure right now? Uh, it's it's <laughs> better since things are coming together. Two weeks ago, probably probably not so good. So it, it has its stressy moments. I mean, that's a lot of people. All right, so yeah. you just mentioned the number of athletes. Yeah. That Now, that doesn't mean the number of people that are coming to town because all those athletes are bringing their families. Right. We're talking about full families. You, think, yeah. you know, we always have these magnifiers and multipliers that we use whenever there's a softball tournament. Mm -hmm. For every softball player, there's 14 people that show up to yep. stay in a hotel. But I mean, they really do show up in mass yeah. Yeah. in this particular sport. Whole yeah, families show up. Yeah, we're expecting probably 15 to 20,000 spectators for the event. Wow. So that would are be, you? Uh, you know, that's primarily, I would say, parents you know, of, of the, most of the high school athletes, you'll get some parents from the college athletes, but most of the high school programs, usually we, we kind of figure out that each high school rowers bring in two to three people with them, yeah. you know, on average. What, um, what other, what vendors do you have down there? And being that it is Friday, is it too late to volunteer? No, if you go to our site, uh, www.headofthehooch.org, there is a volunteer area. So if uh, we probably still have some volunteer spots open that if you'd like to come down and help out, We've got uh, positions that are, um, I'll say not that you have to technically know what's going on with rowing, that you can help us with a little bit of crowd control or even helping boats on and off the dock there. You don't have to know particularly a lot about rowing. So uh, so there is opportunities for people to volunteer and come come help us out. I learned how to tie knots at the Dragon Boat Festival. Remember that time? Yes, I do remember very well. <laughs> well the, the, I'm, only gonna go, I'm just going to go ahead and say this once. <laughs> The Dragon Boat Festival is a wonderful event. It is not the regatta. Yeah. Like I mean, no. I mean, they're swinging around and yeah. they're 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 bashing mastheads <laughs> together <laughs> and then hitting each other with oars. Maybe not the and best. And I got the big tom tom <laughs> thing going on. You know, it's a completely different uh, you know atmosphere. Rowing is yeah. such a beautiful sport. I yeah. love going down. And it walking. is aesthetically pleasing. It's, it's yes. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and and uh, I have right. a question. Wait. Uh, yes, you please. How does how is daylight savings going to affect you? Uh -huh. okay. uh, we're falling backwards. We, we, we are falling backwards, ah. and we're going to chase the daylight. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Saturday morning, we're our first. We'll start putting boats on the water at eight. The first race is at eight fifty on Saturday morning, and we'll run right till dusk. We'll be finishing up between six and six thirty on Saturday night, and then we'll start an hour earlier on on Sunday. So we'll roll the clocks back and. Our first race will go off uh, just a little bit before eight o'clock on Sunday morning, and we should wrap up Sunday afternoon, probably by about four o'clock in the afternoon. Now, Mike Connors, our guest, he's the regatta director, head of the hooch. Russell has a question as well, but I just—I I told you I would ask some stupid questions, <laughs> and that it would be your job to give me brilliant the, answers. Brilliant answer. <laughs> well, well, uh, the boats are called skulls. Skulls or shells are probably. Why the are two they called of... skulls? Well, I think the. The term sculling, suddenly and, much and, more and, interesting, and I can't necessarily <laughs> yeah. give you a full definition of where this came from. Is sculling we typically relate to people that have two oars. So that that the terminology I, yeah has been used since I started with the sport a hundred years ago, you know. So uh, that was called sculling. So I think that equated to the boat was called a skull. There you go. All right, uh, and then 
shells i think when you look at the boat again it it's it's a very narrow boat thin very thin hull so very light yeah very very light so uh, very very long so you know the eight man shells are 63 feet long not forgiving not 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 forgiving but they're they're made for performance oh yeah they're not they're not they're not made for 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 yawing this way and that you know you're not going to be fishing out of them no you're not you're not and and that's part of the beauty of the sport is learning how to balance that boat and and keep the oars off the water as you're going through so that's what gets kind of aesthetically pleasing on an eight person boat Mm. uh you know you've got eight people that have to row synchronously uh, to perfection if you want the boat to and go fast. And they're dipping right. and pulling at the exact same time. Exactly. And so then you get the ripple yeah. effect yeah. And, and the, the cut through, and it's absolutely a gorgeous yeah. thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing that while they're rowing for, the you know, I'll say some of the, the college crews coming down will be rowing 34 to 36 strokes a minute. So, you know, that you're at that stroke rate and have to do that, you know, all together for, you know, four and a half kilometers we joked a little bit about the temperature before you're on mic but what what considerations are there in place concerning how it is going to be down i think close to the 30s yeah early yeah, morning. we're looking up for 30s in the morning even larger yeah. why this time of year considering the fact that it's a water sport yeah. yeah i think that this is kind of the end of the season um you know we we call ourselves the last of the great fall regattas there's uh, several other events in the i like to equate it in the fall it's kind of like our cross-country season you know the races are longer and then in the spring it's the 2000 meter races which would be more of the sprint season if you will so but we're actually the tail end of this i'll say the fall season so we're we realize that we're on the brink where you know we've had regattas where we're going to have a cold one it looks like to, certainly in the mornings and we've had ones where we've waking up in the, and it's 60 degrees out going up into the 80s and pushing 90. it's that time of year here in chattanooga where you yeah. don't know what you're going to get who knows so we got to prepare for for all of it it probably feels a lot hotter when you're actually in there rowing Definitely. yeah once you get moving you know even even if you're pushing off the dock and it's 40 degrees out once you get moving you know you start to not really notice that it's that yeah. cool they out. talk about it being a full body sport yes. but it seems to be mostly upper body strength yeah, and that's the deception this, of it. That's it's, what I was going to say. Am I being fooled by you, that? You are being fooled by that. Um, you ever used a rowing it's, machine? It's, 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 Actually, it's, I don't know that I ever rode? have. I don't know. I know. I mean, I've, I've paddled. It's I've your taxed. full body. My entire life. Yeah, and you use your legs constantly. Yeah, I mean, and you're, 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 it's yeah. a Pilates workout. Oh, yeah. kayaking. It's, it, it's definitely but, a full body workout, but most of the power is coming from your legs. So the, the seat in the boat actually slides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your feet are fixed in the bottom of the boat. So the seat, as you slide up, you compress your legs. And then as you're putting the blade in the water, that's when you you start to use your leg power to drive the boat. Obviously, you've got to use some upper body strength and swing in your core to help it out. But the, the power is coming from your legs. I sport. honestly don't know the answer to that question. I don't think I have. Oh, have you not? I don't think I've ever <laughs> well, rowed. Come I down have. to the local rowing club and we'll, yeah. we'll get you at least the experience. Do you think, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm, I I'm 61. It. I'm broken in about 18,000 yeah. places. <laughs> but I've got some athletic skill. You're do you think I could actually paddler. Do you think I could actually sit down in one of those narrow things and take off and actually we, be able to manipulate it without we'll, tumping over? We'll work with you. All right. All right. There are PFDs available. That's I'm right. Sure. We'll, we'll I find think one you for do you. Very well. But I think we'll get you. I mean, Lookout Rowing Club right. is, is the local rowing club, and uh, we have offer learn to row classes uh, during the spring and summer. Uh, so there's opportunities for anybody in town that wants to learn how to row to go to, you know, lookoutrowingclub.com and. Uh, We'll have lists up there when our before Jen sneaks in her question. I'm going to ask: Then, uh, do you do, are there co-ed 
competitions. Yes, absolutely. So we have mixed boats. I, I didn't even get into you have <laughs> college high school. You also have male and female boats, and we have mixed boats. So you do have uh, oh, cool. boats where. Um, That's why I was kind of wondering with the upper body strength. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, there are certain sports these days. You wonder why do we even have women and men's competitions separate? So, I mean, because it seems like. Like they they they, they ought to be able to compete together. Yeah, they, well, they do compete together. You know, I mean, the, the men's boats. You know, like say when you look at the elite level, sure. are going faster than women's boats, yeah. right? But there are mixed boats. There's lots of conversation about trying strength. to push that more toward mixed events. Mm -hmm. uh, in the, I mean, they've been around forever, but they're actually trying to put do a bigger push on some mixed events, uh, is my understanding. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know anybody who wants to come down will. We'll teach at Do around. you live here, or is is this yeah. something that you travel around? Oh, no, doing? no, no. I I'm here in Chattanooga. That's the big thing. This this regatta is 100% volunteer run. There's there's nobody gets paid to put this regatta on. So wow. all of us that uh, we have a core group of probably uh, I'm about a dozen people that work on this almost year round. Sure. Obviously, it gets more intense as we get closer. Sure. And then we have about 600 volunteers, individual volunteers over the weekend and, that are helping us. And with the and thing. just just to get this historically accurate, there was the head of the hooch yeah. and then there was the head race the regatta mm -hmm. this is all the same thing now right well it's yeah the there was the the chattanooga head race yes which ran uh actually that was a race that i started back in 1993 yeah that ran through 2017 and it would be honest with you, it was getting to be a lot on all our volunteers including me yeah. <laughs> to, to run the chattanooga head race and three weeks later run the head of the hooch so uh, I like to say we kind of retired the Chattanooga head race in 2017 after a 25 year run and turned all our focus over to to the head of the hooch. But uh, did you um, row in school? Yeah, I started rowing. Um, I hate to say, but back in 1977 in college, here so I picked it up. No, up, uh, I went to the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy uh, up on Long Island in New York. That's where you sound make, like you're makes from. Sense. Yep. <laughs> that make, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going. You don't sound like you're from here. I ain't from here. Uh, no, I knew you were sorry. from here. I knew you were from up there the minute I heard you is talk. Is there is there still any animosity? <laughs> among the Atlanta folks about us stealing their race? No, I mean, I think it's been uh, something that's worked out really well. Um, the regatta itself started in 1982 uh, down on the Chattahoochee River. That's where the head, it's actually the head of the Chattahoochee, right, which I read got, that. got abbreviated to the head of the hooch. And they ran it down uh, in Roswell at the Atlanta Rowing Club Beautiful until, uh, until eh, 19... 96, I think was the last year they ran it there. And they were outgrowing that venue. So in 1997, they moved it over right after the Olympics. They moved it over to Lake Lanier and incorporated that 2,000 meter course into their 5,000 meter course. They were racing at that time or close to 5,000 meters was part of the race. And they ran it at, at Lake Lanier, uh, I'd like to say on the Olympic course, but extended uh, till 2005. They outgrew that venue. And that's when they looked around to see uh, when, you know, where could we go with a regatta this size as it was growing. And that's when the, the 21st century waterfront was kind of a, a new thing there. We had been running the Chattanooga head race here. And uh, so we started talking to them about bringing the race here. So it's been here since 2005. And it's almost doubled in size. It's a nice place to do it. Yeah. yeah. I, was, yeah. I, said, I said 2006 yesterday as I told my story. I'm sure you are aware of the legend of the naked man at the first one. The... Accidental exposure <laughs> yeah. at the first one. Yeah, I think I've been told that story here not too long ago. So, uh, 
there were 5,000 adversely affected people as vision went well, you know, blurry there for a little bit. Nothing makes, that was sponsored by the regatta. No, no, let's no, make sure no, that. No, nothing no, to do no, with the regatta. That it, was, was, uh, it, was, it was sponsored by Jägermeister the night before, I think is what it was. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you're not the only one in the room has been exposed to Jeff. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask if it was you. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Mike Connors, a regatta director, uh, head of the Hooch, thank you so much for coming in. And just add anything you want to add right now. Now's oh, your no. plug time. No, I, I guess we should should plug our sponsors, right? Um, uh, the big ones, uh, TVA, oh. um, is is helping sponsor us this year. Um, Chattanooga Tourism or Chattanooga Sports, as you mentioned, Tim Morgan sure. earlier on, super supporter of the event has been since the beginning, and um, and Outdoor Chattanooga, who does a tremendous amount of work for us in trying to get the venue set up and ready. And a big sponsor that came on this year is Oarboard. So Good. it's rowing on uh, uh, like a stand-up paddleboard. Yeah. Uh, but you, they actually put a, uh, we'll, we'll call it a rowing mechanism on there, so you can use so your paddleboard to row on. So you're you're standing, you're 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 no, vertical. No, no. no oh, you okay. put, they put actually yeah. a you know the oh the, on a paddleboard, a paddleboard itself. so okay. you can now row. So where you would not have necessarily the. Um, the balance consideration in a you know 12 inch wide hull as a as a one person or a single sculler you can now go on an oar board which is much more stable and learn think to get that exercise. all the things that have that hit fun. the water since you started rowing oh, it's, think of the amazing popularity of the stand-up paddle boards now yeah. we have of course the river uh, surfboards mm -hmm. that are everywhere people are surfing the yep. okoe yep. it's it's amazing what's happened out yeah. there oh, the, the dudes that get up on their little catamarans on their jet skis there's a picture of one of them you yeah. know that's just nothing but fun oh that's so cool that does look cool yeah. all yep. right well so. sir thank you so much for swinging by and being You're our welcome. special deep dive guest all right no problem thank hey, you for having us spread the word about the chattanooga drive-in show right. make we'll, sure that we'll they that. all are listening Listen. and they all give us some money That's to right. kickstarter they, they can all critique me tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much sir what are you doing what are you doing? Well, we're obviously all going to be going down go to the head of the hooch. That's, that's, right. that's one thing for sure. I will make a, just a small note here. Um, today's Times Free Press, there's a big article about the Paddling Coalition has put together uh, something called the Tennessee River Line. And basically, it's been coming together for about the past five years. It includes 20 cities and counties with a million residents. And it's got $2.1 million coming from the University of Tennessee. TVA is helping it. And it's basically just about basically forming a community on the river. Making Very it stronger nice. of all these different types of events and paddlers. Very and the people who enjoy it. Well, that's awesome. And uh, by the way, what are you doing is brought to you by the Sports Barn. Makes perfect sense with its three locations in our town. Been getting people in shape and keeping them in shape since 1979. Just two years after a Democrat repeated <laughs> <laughs> and the go as governor of New Jersey. And that's how long it's been. Weight training, personal training, all the stuff you would expect out of the Sports Barn. And the only couple of things I have, uh, they're both musical is the Forever Bluegrass Fall Festival yeah, right, at Mountain Cove Farm. Sure is. And uh, that's going on all weekend long. Yeah. And I can hear it from my house, by the way. Last year I was like, or no, they didn't do that last year. The last year that they did it, I could hear it from my house. I remember very, very well when Bob Bernhardt took it upon himself and he made a big deal out of it. He said, we're going to take three years and we're going to do all nine of Beethoven's symphonies. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the ninth is, in my opinion, 
the single greatest piece of artwork ever produced by humankind. The first symphony will be coming up this weekend, Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 1. It'll be at the First Cumberland Presbyterian Church, North Moore Road. Thank you so much. And what am I doing? Screaming out here as fast as I can to go to the parade <laughs> in Atlanta hey. for the world champion Atlanta Braves. Yes. That's nice. what I'm doing today. They were talking about it last night, and we were talking about your time frame of trying to get down there. We're going to actually have a guest producer in uh helping us out with brian's going to take this time and and you're and you're right i was wrong i was thinking that things wouldn't really get started until probably late morning early afternoon but you better be there well before then if you want to be in any place to actually enjoy the things that going are to be uh crazy but i can't wait for it are you no staying the night i haven't figured that out yet okay. so it's gonna be figured out as i go kind of moment okay cool and uh, it is now time for Pimp's Corner. Pimp Jen, named thusly because about two and a half, almost three years now. Yeah, maybe Closing a little longer. On three years. Well, actually, if you want to go way back, I've been she selling you for years. Selling my butt on the street. Over a decade. Pimp Jen, she gets her own little bit here, her corner, talking about whatever's going on in her uh, somewhat confusing mind. Really? Yes. Nice. It's hard to figure you out. Sometimes. Okay. Uh, this is a very sad, sad story, but You're um, my buddy. Huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, a zipline employee sacrificed himself saving a woman stranded on the line, a hundred feet above the ground. Have you heard this? No. All right. Is this a Apparently, yay or a boo? No. This. Sorry. Is this a yay or a boo? No. This is just. Just sad, but oh, okay. heroic in the in in the same sentence. Yeah. Uh, apparently, a woman was was about to zipline. She uh, was not properly, you know, buckled into yeah. the whole thing, and and she kind of slid out there. And one of the the zipline people that work at the company went out there to and and rescued her saved her wow but apparently the zip line was only strong enough to support 250 pounds yeah there is that uh oh she's fine but unfortunately the, the rescuer was not well on per he intentionally let go he let he intentionally go? let go because he knew that it wouldn't be able to hold the weight oh, wow. oh my god where was this um i can't remember where it was i mean have y'all have y'all been ziplining no, yeah. I've not. I have a ziplining. Hell no. This I, was I, and, and ziplining. <laughs> my thoughts exactly. It can it, it can a, be. Uh, and kidding me? There's many around here. Please go do it. It's fun. But I'm scared of heights, they're, dude. They're I don't not, do that. They're so. not overly exciting. Now there are some that are not that far away. Banning Mills down in um, Georgia, uh, near I guess it's in Heard County, uh, Georgia. It's the Screaming Eagle. I think it's the world's tallest and fastest zipline, or at least it was. It's like roller coasters. They compete. That thing will absolutely take your heart away. And the idea of being halfway down, yeah. trapped, and somebody having to come down, and that sagging line That's getting right. lower and lower yeah, and terrifying. lower. Yeah, Are you Doesn't sound like fun. This, uh, this gentleman's name was Joaquin Romero. He was 34 years old. Uh, and this was in California. This was at the La La Joya zipline or zip zoom zipline. 
I mean, I've, I've zipped across something from a tree house to yeah. like another tree where I'm 10 feet or below me, you know, so I'd get what the sensation might be like. But this crazy talk of yeah, like high. I mean, this the one I'm talking about. You're you're doing 65 miles an hour oh from you know like 1,200 feet up. I think it's called. I think it's pronounced La Jolla. Probably. I, uh, I have never been there. Where is that? California. Oh, California. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that happened. Uh, also, that's a downer. QAnon followers were disappointed a couple of nights ago when, while they were at the, a Rolling Stones concert. JFK Jr. did not return from the dead. <laughs> I am not joking. I say, hold on. QAnon, Rolling Stones, JFK Jr. Her thinking was convoluted <laughs> and confusing at I times. I am not joking. Can we really believe her? Do we this trust her, real her sources? Is she credible on this? <laughs> from BuzzFeed.com. QAnon supporters at a Rolling Liar. Stones concert to begin with. Hundreds well, the, uh, of QAnon believers. I'm going to just read it. Hundreds of QAnon believers were disappointed uh, two nights ago when JFK Jr., who died in 1999 from a, an airplane, yeah, a airplane crash, crash, it was yeah. horrible, uh, did not reemerge at the Rolling Stones concert in Dallas, Texas. Initially, the QAnon follow, followers gathered at the location where the president, where late President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963, believing that JFK Jr. would reappear to help restore Donald Trump to the White House. <laughs> I am uh, here to restore Donald Trump, era. I kid you not. not That's there. absolutely yeah. Bizarre. I return from the dead not because it is easy, but because it is hard. So do you know, do you know it, and, and all, so, sorry, sorry and, that didn't happen for and, you. In all honesty, you know what, what JFK Jr. John, John. missed the most about Long Island, right? Don't. <laughs> the runway. Just the runway. don't. Yeah. Just do not. Ted Kennedy also uncrashed his car. According to Q In the latest news. <laughs> and uh, the delegate he from Chappaquiddick shows up. We've been doing so well today. And he just, killed a woman. Just, just got behind Charlie Watts' drum kit to do a solo. <laughs> it's, 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 I have one more thing. You can't keep our family down. <laughs> My God. <laughs> there is an ice cream company in Oregon called uh, Salt and Straw who are coming out with a Thanksgiving dinner ice cream. Mm. Stuffing. Mm-hmm. Or dressing. They're going to have five new Thanksgiving-inspired like ice cream better. flavors, <laughs> just in case your turkey dinner doesn't satisfy you. There's rolls with salted buttercream. Oh, Lord. And caramelized turkey and cranberry sauce. Why do they hate America? <laughs> this giblet sherbet is wonderful. Mm. There's also candied mm. walnut cheesecake. That doesn't sound too bad. Turkey neck. Sweet potato pie with double baked almond streusel. And cranberry sauce ice cream too? And ginger snap pie, which is vegan. <laughs> this green bean casserole ice cream is great. Mmm. Kill me now. <laughs> What do, you call buy this? what do you call what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Oh jeez. The incredible so Mr. Limpet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with the incredible Our Mr. Limpet. Demographics are getting older by the moment. <laughs> <laughs>
Pimp's Corner. That joke that that little girl told on the air was pretty good. Made possible by the kindness, concern, and community commitment of the local and regional professionals at Guardian Investment Advisors, Gary Thurman, and as all the money my wife and I have invested, I trust him completely. 710-9199, Gary and Ty do their own podcast. We got all kinds of podcasts around town. Support them all. Uh, the Watt Podcast, Day Fire, During the Break, People of Chattanooga, Stone On Air, and this one, of course, in particular, the Chattanooga Drive-In You're Show. You're welcome. All of them pulling their support <laughs> one by one. We're actually, uh, b- because of the time that we spent on the deep dive, we're letting uh, Russell off the hook today, so no muscle flex. Mountains looking at each other. This is going to be a very quick story. All I'm going to do is is just take you back uh, down old memory lane. Does anybody here remember Boot Roots? No. Nope. Brian, you'd be my only hope. Boot Roots. Street no. performer. No. All right. You, At least not the net terminology, the name of it. No. Y'all have noted, of course, over the last 20 years or so that we actually now have street performers in Chattanooga, right? Yes, well, we, we have do. had for a while. Do, you, well, do y'all they remember? They must be licensed. Do, do, y- do y'all remember when it was illegal to be a street performer? Yes, I do. In Chattanooga, Tennessee? Yeah. yeah and it was a big, big deal. Somebody would come up on the bridge, get a guitar out, put out their case, mm-hmm. people would throw dollars in it, yeah. and the police would come and find them. That's right. Sometimes arrest them. It was the most unfriendly way of dealing with a very cool aspect of urban life. Mm-hmm. People love buskers. They yes. love street entertainers. Yeah. That's what people make livings in San Francisco and New Orleans doing this New stuff. York. And I remember sitting on the board that the city of Chattanooga put together along with Deacon Blues and a handful of other guys and trying to come up with a way to make it legal and organized for very disorganized people, essentially street musicians, (laughs) to go out and make a living. Well, the city needed to profit off of it, too, by the way. Let's just not... Do you gloss over let, that? So just, yeah, we'll let you do it as long as you pay us a little money. Here's to do it. I, the, like here's a just a quick history lesson. First of all, there was Chico the Flower Man. Yes, y'all remember? Yes. Most everybody out there remembers Sandy. Oh, everybody! Everybody knows. remembers Sandy. Sandy. Yep. Sandy Passed away about three years ago. Sandy mm-hmm. stole yep. his act from Chico. Oh, really? Chico literally would go to the cemeteries around town, gather up fresh flowers. He would walk into the bars. Wait, he would take yesterday, them from cemeteries? Brass register, places mm-hmm. like that. Yes. And he'd walk in, and he had a big old there. cowboy hat, and he'd go, ladies, ladies. <laughs> and he would sell the ladies flowers, or he would go up and he'd, he'd pressure the guy to buy a flower for the lady. And we all knew they'd just come off a fresh grave. I just put this Gosh. on my grandfather's grave. But, but Chico, he 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 just he was just a dude. He was a character. Everybody liked him. Then one day he picked up a guitar and he started playing, and he sucked. He sucked <laughs> so bad. No, that guitar had never been tuned one time. It wasn't tuned at the factory. He couldn't <laughs> sing. He couldn't play. But still, people would give him money. So then Sandy stole his flower thing. But the king of them all. Boot Roots. Boot Roots must have gone about 350. He sat on a throne that looked like the space shuttle. Are you guys remembering this now? No. I, I, looked, I, do, it, I actually do think yes, I know who you're talking yes. about, but I didn't know his name was Boot Roots. His name was Boot Roots. And it, he was on the this, cover of like Chattanooga yeah, Magazine once. He, he, w- he had a throne that he pulled behind him on a truck, and it was the space shuttle. 
the two twin tires, you know, spires. I pulled this know, out of the ocean. Of the space shuttle, and he'd sit there and he'd play. And again, he wasn't very good. You would say he was a blues man, he, his voice, the style of music, but really he was just a terrible musician that happened to be a real character. He, he had a little of a George Clinton look to him, yes, the old school did. George yes, Parliament did. Clinton his, look. His hair That's was right. multicolored, yeah. his beard was all braided. And multi exactly, he looked yeah, like, yeah. like he stepped right out of P-Funk. But the thing is, as people would come up, he made his money not by people going up and throwing dollars into his guitar case. He'd be playing, and somebody would come up and take a picture, and he would stop. He'd say, give me a dollar. What? And they, they'd go, what? He said, give me a dollar. That's, that's, that, you took a picture. I, that's what I charge a dollar a picture. And tourists would be, oh, all right, and they'd dig in their pocket, and they'd give him a dollar, you know, and then he'd start playing again, and, and people would go, I can't, man, that's kind of hardcore they're in it and then they'd stand there and watch somebody else do it somebody come up from columbus ohio hey look at this click hey give me a dollar <laughs> and i mean he would do this over and over and over again he made a ton of money and but they would move him because they would chase him because it was illegal he'd be over here he'd be over here he'd set up outside riverbend they'd chase him off he'd go over here because he was in the space shuttle he could fly all over the place right <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget though this one yankee chick he stopped and he goes Give me a dollar, girl. And she goes, what? He goes, you took my picture, didn't you? That's my property. You just took my property. That's, that's, that's how I make my money. Give me a dollar. She goes, I'm not going to give you a dollar. He, you are going to give me a dollar. And he started acting like he was going to set his guitar. It would have taken him 10 minutes to get up out of that thing. And she was looking at him. She goes, you're crazy as hell. And started walking off. And he just sat back down. He had this look of resolution on his face. He went, well, God bless you, sister. I hope you wake up with a goat. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know whatever happened to old yeah, Boot. I, don't I, I didn't know that was his name. I don't yeah. know what happened to old Boot. If anybody knows what happened to Boot Roots, please get in touch with Jim. 301-9229. And give that number one more time. 301-9229. And don't forget the new Kickstarter campaign. $20 <laughs> for the passion package, and we'll read your tender, loving message on the podcast to somebody, a special message for a special person, or $50 and that can be the revenge package, and you can dish all the dirt on him you want to, and we'll read that on the podcast for as well. $100. $100, we will act it out. the reenactment package. We will act it out. <laughs> we'll actually have it staged. We'll do voices, special sound effects, and yes. everything. Mountains looking at each other, the story <laughs> section of the Chattanooga Drive-In Show here at the Lodge Cast Iron Studio, brought to you by People's Home Equity. Don't start your search for a new home until you're pre-approved, and that means you will save time, money, stress, and worry. And if you need a little help in today's market out there looking at homes, you can waste a lot of time if you don't know what you're doing. That's why Bruce Dodd and Trevor Glass are there. 591-9801-chatmortgage.com. That's two T's. And like I said, we already let Russell off the hook this morning. Don't forget the world's most excellent jukebox. Yes, please send me songs. I've been, I've been posting... And posting and posting and posting. The Postmistress, WMEJ, the world's most excellent jukebox. Find unusual pieces of music, older, deeper cuts, live versions, things that, that nobody's ever heard before. Just excellent music. And you don't have to send them to Jen. You can post them to Add the thread it. yourself yeah, you if can. you'd like. Yeah, yeah. You can Absolutely. post them right and to just, the Facebook page. We're just building this collection of fantastic music. That basically is what it boils down to. All right? Regional Roundup, 
brought to you by Chattanooga Safety Products on Highway 58 next to the Hungry House. All your industrial safety footwear and PPE needs. Safety begins at your feet at Chattanooga Safety Products. And the regional roundup I have today, and the only one that I have today, it's sad and serious. The police chief of Eider, Alabama, has died of COVID-19. Buddy Crabtree, 10-year veteran of the Eider Police Department, northeastern Alabama, of course, caught COVID, had refused to get vaccinated, made a big deal out of his refusal to get vaccinated. And what do you think his last words were? Should have gotten vaccinated. And told everybody in his family and friends and church group that he had made a terrible, terrible mistake and passed away at Memorial Hospital just the other day. Well, this is sad. That is all I've got for the regional roundup and shotgun shoutouts. Leaving top of the pops. And all I got really is this. My top of the pops of the day was all the violent threats against school boards and local civic leaders that were popping up all over the country. I mean, really serious death threats, threats against their children, their entire families, the family dog, because they don't like the way the political world is heading. Your and so they're, go- they're going after local people. Well, now they're going after the election officers. Yeah. And well, this is nothing new. 33% of the nation's election officials have received actual death threats that they have turned over to federal authorities. 33%, almost all women. Yeah. These are virtually true. almost all women, older people who voting is important to them and they've done it all their lives. They volunteer their time and 33% have received the most vile death threats yeah. because people don't like what's happening in D.C. or they don't like Joe Biden or they don't like Margie Taylor Greene or they don't like the MAGA people or they don't like whatever, the squad. And they're going after these little old ladies and they're terrifying them and they're quitting in droves. And that sucks. That is as typical, that is just stereotypical, I should say, example of how America can lose its collective mind from time to time. It's just insanity, plain and simple. Um, um, um is the last thing we do on the Chattanooga Drive-In Show here at the Lodge Cast Iron Studio. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please do continue to listen, spread the word, share, like, link, emoji, smiley face, clap hands, whatever. <laughs> Huh? One, one thing uh, I, I didn't get to today is that uh, this show started on October 4th. The Major League Baseball playoffs started on October 4th. Yes. So all I've been doing is stressing out over this show and watching baseball <laughs> for a month. And I know that's silly. I know it's silly. I know it's silly, but that's the truth. No. I have not done my podcast in this entire month. I am sorry. We didn't I have a brand, new one, a brand new one today, good. Friday. Hey. It is available good. up and going. I'll get it back on a weekly basis. But it has been a nonstop just 
Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like every day. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. How I, am I getting through this day, this month? I have been pr- trying to produce content beyond the show, which I'm told is very important in the world of social media. Yeah, it is. And you can't and stop Ru- ever. Russell, Russell actually put together some really nice video. I, I have to say, I'm going to brag on myself. I was in the right place at the right time and got the right shots of some of the most beautiful fall foliage you have ever seen. And my dogs, who normally run from the camera, this time were actually acting out. They were posing for the camera. <laughs> Their were. heads popped up over rocks. They looked like the beginning of the monkeys show. And, you know, they were coming out from under caves, looking like they were running from yeah. badgers. I mean, you need to go check that stuff out. I am going to write a blog today. Thank you very much. Wow. You have asked me to do so. I wrote yeah. one. Wow. And I really wondered whether you would actually even put that in print. Actually, you've written two. Yeah. One well, of them I, I edited slightly. Yeah. Everything I, else, I figured you would. Everything else you've ever written for, you've ruined that publication. <laughs> right? That so. is true. I, I have the, if there is a publication still out there on a rack today, it means that I never wrote a column for yeah. it. That's why the Times Free Press lasted this long. <laughs> exactly. I, I was the kiss of death. As soon as they wrote I love that your column. This thing just went out of business. <laughs> Are you, you aware like of that? You'd like to read Jeff's blogs. Go to the go to the Patreon page. That's it. We're Throw done. a couple of bucks. We're done today. You guys have a good one. Have a good have weekend. A good, have a great one. Have a great one. It should be a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Remember, you don't have to be good, but whatever it is you're doing, try to be good at it. All right.